You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. That tells me that the juniors are leading, silver is leading, and with gold now testing its former all-time high at 1920 three times and holding, I think this consolidation is over. And I expect once the uh, once the, the big money traders and your fund managers, they get back from vacation next week, I think that's when we're really going to start to see some fireworks on the upside again. Welcome back to Mining Stock Education. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Bill Powers, and we're chatting again with one of our popular guests, David Erfley over at JuniorMinerJunkie.com. If you're not familiar with David's bio and his subscription service, find more information there. Uh, David was an inspiration to me in my early years of investing in the junior resource sector because David, like me, came into this sector with no knowledge of this sector. Uh, got turned on to gold, and that eventually led him to look at the gold stocks, ended up selling his house, tripling the money, and from that point on, I think it was about 15 years ago or so, he has been a full-time investor in the junior gold stocks. So David, welcome back onto the show, and you've recently told your subscribers that it's a buy and hold market, and in our last two monthly interviews, you said, be right and sit tight. So considering uh, this situation, have there been any new uh, major developments in your outlook, in your portfolio, or is it more of just continue to monitor where your current positions are in your portfolio? Well, uh, Bill, uh, thanks again for having me on. Um, it's pretty much gotten better in the sector, which I didn't think could be possible um, as far as uh, the bullish overtones are concerned. I mean, with, with what the Fed came out and said, uh, what Powell came out and said uh, during the virtual Jackson Hole speech last week, uh, basically, they're all on board with, uh, with, with we're, we're going to see uh, runaway fiscal spending in the long term and, and, the, and uh, coupled with an easy monetary policy. And we're just waiting to hear what the next stimulus package is going to look like. So um, the Fed has is, is basically said, look, we're not thinking about thinking about thinking about raising rates. And um, um, a, a, a former uh, Fed official has come out and said, look, I don't see them raising rates for another five years. So um, you've got this and uh, coupled with the backdrop of probably the most tempestuous election um, I've I've ever seen. And and that's been since uh, since the 60s. I mean, and this one is is really getting uh, is really getting uh, violent. Um, so, I mean, uh, over the weekend, we had over a million people protesting in Berlin and they came from all over Europe against these lockdowns. And um, and, and what you have on both sides of the aisle, you've got um, I know Hillary, Hillary Clinton is not uh, is is not a politician anymore, but she's still she's still basically the, the queen of the Democrats. She's coming out and advising Biden not to to secede if he loses. And on the other side, you've got uh, President Trump, who said basically, if I lose, it'll be rigged. So I'm not going to step. So what you've got is you've got both parties saying they're not going to accept the results. And what's probably going to happen is these is the result will probably end up being decided in, in, in the courts. And we might not even know who the president is until December. So we've got all this going on. And uh, meanwhile, the gold price has come down and tested. It's it's a former 2011 high of 1920 three times. And each time it's come down to test that area. 
it's it's bounced strongly. We saw it. We saw it. We've seen huge dip buying come in both, all three times. And the the third time it's done it was during the was after the the uh, the uh, the Jackson Hole speech, which was totally mis misinterpreted uh, by the market. And you're seeing that right now as gold continues to go higher. But uh, another bullish factor here is that silver is leading. So I, I see silver breaking out of its consolidation here before gold. And when you have silver leading and you have the juniors leading also, uh, my article on Friday was was about how the juniors have been have been leading this consolidation process in the miners. Uh, the, the, the mining sectors, uh, the GDX has gone down 15 percent. The GDXJ has gone down 16 percent. Meanwhile, uh, my portfolio, which is uh, const constructed of 30 uh, high quality juniors, uh, basically has gone flat. And then on Friday, it went up 5 percent. So basically, since the uh, the, the correction took place, the, the consolidation started on August 5th in the sector, the sector has corrected 15, 16% while my portfolio on an average weighted basis is up 5%. So that tells me, I use that as a barometer for the junior sector. That tells me that the juniors are leading, silver is leading, and with gold now testing its former all-time high at 1923 times and holding, I think this consolidation is over. And I expect once the uh, once the the big money traders and your fund managers, they get back from vacation next week. I think that's when we're really going to start to see some fireworks on the upside again. Dave, I have such a strong upward bias for both the silver and the gold price. So I try to check myself and just ask myself every so often and ask others, could there be a weakness in the thesis for a higher precious metals price? So I'm going to pose that question to you. I've posed it to some recent guests. We know we have the essentially negative real interest rates guaranteed for years to come based on the most recent Fed statement that you uh, mentioned. The political hostility, the essentially silver war sort of turning hot, it seems, uh, in the United States that you've referenced these things, the, the volatility, this leads people to precious metals. But what from your vantage point, could be something that could have put a damper on the gold price, if at all. Do you see any weakness in the gold thesis? I think that, that uh, peace breaking out around the world, you know, uh, nothing happening after the election as far as as far as civil unrest is concerned. I mean, like a, meaning that uh, whoever whoever wins, the other side's going to concede and um, and they will they will step down and everything will go back to normal. I just don't see that. Um, I would I would love for that to happen. Um, sure, I'm I'm benefiting from what's going on here, but I, but I'm not happy about what's going on here. Uh, the reason why I'm betting benefiting from it is because I saw it coming uh, nearly 20 years ago, like uh, a lot of people in this sector that have been here this long have. Um, but we we had no idea the reasons were going to be a pandemic and creating uh, all this. All, all, all this uh, money printing uh, to save the system, which is on its last leg. So, um, although I'm not happy about what's going on, um, it, 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 at least I'm in the right sector and I'm guiding my subscribers to be in the right place at the right time. Do you think that the U.S. dollar bears are going to win out in 2020 and going into 2021, or are we going to see a reversal here, even amidst all of this? Well, I see a reversal eventually, but in the short to medium term, I think the dollar is going lower. 
but it's going to be interesting to see when the dollar does turn around what it's going to do to the gold price because the rising dollar did not hurt the gold price before as they were both rising as safe haven currencies. So um, now with the, with the U.S. dollar uh, going lower, um, it's it's given a, more of a boost to the gold price. So it's going to be really be interesting but once, once it does bounce, and it will, um, what's going to happen with the gold price. Are there any other risks you're looking at that are external to your portfolio, such as something related to COVID? Any other risks out there on your horizon that you're monitoring? Well, I see risks in general equities because I, I think there's a, there, there's a good chance it might be topping out here into the election. Um, but um, as far as the juniors are concerned, I really don't, Bill, because they've been depressed for so long. And um, the generalist investor has been out of this sector for so long. They look around and they're looking for deep value plays. And the only and the, the only deep value play left is is, is, the, is the junior mining sector. So um, I just I, I just don't see any any catalyst for um, a, a crash per se because we've been we you know we, we we've been uh, we've been trained to basically wait for the next shoe to drop in, in the sector for the for the for the past decade. I mean we we get these up moves and then we say okay well here's the, we've had this up move when's the shoe going to drop and when when are we going to lose all our gains you know I mean it, it's time to stop thinking like that because we are now in a buy and hold bull market I've been as I've been saying for the past few months and you got to maintain your core positions. I mean, absolutely trim profits on the way up. I mean, that's that's always prudent, uh, no matter what kind of market you're in. When you have a lot of profits in something, you take some off the table. But as far as as far as your your core positions are concerned, it's it's it's, it's paramount to maintain those because you don't want to try to trade this this market now. Now is not the try, time to try to trade this market. I mean, you should be in well-researched juniors, have core positions, and then, like I said, keep trimming profits on the way up because now. Now you've done all your work, uh, get, getting these, you know, accumulating these positions at a good price. Now let the market do the rest of the work for you and take them higher. What about new positions? When I'm looking at a new position recently, I'm look. One of the first things I go to is market cap, and then after I see right. their market cap. Then I, then I look at their presentation because it's almost like you said, you could just throw the dart at the wall and it could be like five feet away from the dartboard, but it's still going to make you money if the market cap is low enough if you find it before the, the rest of the market finds it. And I was talking about this with a savvy investor last week and the person said, yes, Bill, you can make a lot of money and potentially get a double and sell half and have a free ride on a lot of these, but... Their advice to me was just be careful because that mentality, you don't want that to creep into how you approach this sector because a bull, a bull market can turn into a bear market quite quickly and you don't want to take some of those bad habits with you. Uh, what would be your advice here? That's some great advice. That is some fantastic advice. Uh, you know, you want to be sure you're in the, you're holding the right companies because this up leg is going to end at some point. Uh, when, and when the up leg ends, that doesn't mean the bull market is over. All that means is you're going to see a meaningful correction. And when you when when that meaningful correction comes into this sector, that's going to then you're going to see some separation from from the the wheat from the chaff. You know, you're going to see the garbage companies sold down uh, very hard, and you're going to see uh, the quality companies correct in time more in price. So um, it's it, it's it's absolutely essential that you're holding the right companies. 
I mean, I mean, basically anything with the, with the word silver in it right now is being bid up. So that's a sector you really got to be careful with because there's not a lot of quality juniors in that space. So um, you just want to make sure that you research the right companies and if and and, and hold the right company um, for, for the long haul here. If you're investing in a producer at this stage in the bull market, Dave, what will you want to look for? We know that the producers move before the smaller juniors moved and the producers have moved in this leg up in the gold bull market first. But if you're looking for future catalysts besides the gold price, what are you going to look for in a producer? You're going to look for high margin products. You're going to look for growth oriented producers and you're going to look for producers that don't hold a lot of debt. You know, I mean, it's it's it, the, all those things are not as important as they were while you were accumulating positions during a bear market, but they're still important. And um, uh, some of the things, some of the companies you might want to look for now, though, is maybe a higher cost producer because some of those are still trading at massive undervaluation because of the fact that they are higher cost. But if you but if you do some do your research on the company, talk to management, and if they're working on those costs and getting those costs down while at the same time proving up reserves, that's a company you really want to get into. And what do you what questions are you bringing into your due diligence with management that perhaps you didn't even ask them back in February? So for example, if I'm going to talk to somebody in Nevada or Idaho, I'm going to say, how well connected are you with the drillers and the assay labs? You know, are you going to get me these results back in two years or in six months? Uh, what are some of the questions that you bring to the table now? Well, that's that, that, those are great points. Those are great questions. Uh, one of them, um, I'm, I've signed up to do the, uh, the, the, the Beaver Creek uh, virtual conference here in a few weeks. And um, uh, the, the one question I'm going to ask these developers that are cashed up and that are proving up their um, their assets, their, their 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 deposits. Is are you considering getting an Amex NYSE listing? Because that's going to be very important now going forward. Because as you as we've talked about before, and as you're starting to see in the news in this sector, is a lot of these momentum um, generalist investors are getting into Robinhood uh, apps at Ro the Robin are getting Robinhood accounts. And in these Robinhood accounts, they cannot invest in OTC listed juniors. They can only invest in big board listed listed companies. So, um, for example, we had a, a, a junior recently do this in Integra Resources. I, I, I'm a shareholder and I cover the stock in my newsletter. That was a brilliant move because now um, not only can these Robinhooders get into this stock, and they they also rolled back the stock to get the listing. So now once it gets over four dollars. Fund managers can also get into this stock because because these funds cannot get into stocks that are let into technically penny stocks, which they which they categorize as anything trading less than four dollars a share. So you want to you want to have as much exposure to the U.S. market as possible. And to do that and to do that, you need to get an Amex NYSE listing and all and also try to get your share price above four dollars a share. That's great. And Dave, just as you were talking, I've received so many messages from people through my website or in the comment section on the YouTubes where they're saying, hey, I can't purchase this company you talked about or this company you featured. Right. And I didn't even realize what you just referenced, that the Robinhooders can't even purchase on the OTC. Right, exactly. So, you know, um, it's 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 the U.S. investor that you, that you want to try to target here. Um, so in order to do that, you need to do those things. And um, th there's some of these juniors that, that have, even have market caps of a of billion dollars and over now, and they still don't have a big board U.S. listing. 
And um, I'm, that's 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 the main uh, that's my main question during this during this upcoming virtual conference at Beaver Creek to some of these companies is going to be when we're talking about jurisdictions and we're thinking about our portfolio and we're asking ourselves what are the catalysts in general that are going are in uh, going on in a jurisdiction. Obviously, if there dis- there is a discovery. That's going to bring attention. That's going to bring money. But what do you think about if uh, a jurisdiction has a large financing, uh, you know, tens of millions of dollars for a smaller, relatively smaller market cap company? Do you think that alone would be something that could bring more eyes and consequently dollars to a region? Not that alone, but it, but it, but it definitely can, can influence it. I mean, it just happened in the Golden Triangle with Benchmark Metals. They announced, uh, I think it was, like, it was like a $21 million finance, and it was upsized a few days later to $48 million. And this is a drill play. So um, when you see something like that- With no resource, I think, right? Right, exactly. There's no resource, so there's all eyes are going to go to that sector. They go, wait, wait a minute. I mean, look at their, their look at all this money this drill plays raising without a defined resource, and it's in the Golden Triangle. What's going on up there? So, yeah, absolutely. That 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 definitely can influence a sector, uh, uh, an area play. I spoke with John Kaiser recently, and John is big on the discovery-led bull market. That he sees a a huge discovery that will bring a lot of excitement and capital mm-hmm. that'll trickle down into the other juniors. Uh, any thoughts here, Dave? Absolutely. I mean, it, it happened in, in the 90s. You had the Voices Bay discovery, and then you had uh, the Brex uh, discovery on, on the heels of that. Of course, Brex ended up turning out to be the biggest scam in mining history. But those two discoveries brought in huge amounts of, of generalist investor capital in, into the sector. And, and coincidentally, um, once Briex was found out to be a scam, uh, the 70 million ounces that Wall Street had priced into the market automatically evaporated. And um, ever since then, the junior sector has been in a bear market in relation to the gold price. So, <laughs> I mean, if you take a look at the XAU to gold ratio, I mean, that chart alone tells you we've got a long way to go in this sector. Any other commodities other than gold that you're looking at? Oh, absolutely. I mean, look at the commodity indexes. They're, they're about to break out. You know, they're, they're sniffing all this inflation that's going to come in here, that the, 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 the stagflationary policies of, of the Federal Reserve is, is going to bring here. So absolutely. I mean, copper, zinc, they're, I mean, copper's about to break out of, uh, also. So all this is coming at a time where commodities have been sold down to ridiculously low levels. And um, I mean, it's you, you're going to see a, a, a very strong bull market begin in commodities very soon. And uranium, you've held uranium equities in the past. Any thoughts here? Yes. I mean, there's still one on my watch list that I like to keep on my watch list. But um, see, the uranium juniors are more correlated to what happens in the equity market. And I'm expecting the equity market to to roll over here. So I don't want to be invested in something that I think is going to roll over with the equity market. And I think Uranium Juniors will do that. But on the flip side of that, Uranium Juniors tend to bottom in November. And that's when the election happens. So um, I might, if, if I if I have some cap, if, if I have some space in my portfolio to add another junior, um, I'm I might be adding a uranium junior in November. But if the equity markets do sell off this fall, you would see the gold stocks this time remaining strong, contra what we saw in March. I expect so. Yes. Okay. 
Well, as you can hear, David is extremely passionate and knowledgeable about the junior mining sector. To learn more about his service, go to juniorminerjunkie.com, and junkie is spelled with a Y. Dave, thanks for coming on today's show and sharing your insights. Anytime, Bill. Thanks again for having me. Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty dollars or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10 for 1 returns as there is in small cap and micro cap mining stocks. Concomitant with that, if you don't do the work, or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side, there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too. I just started to study up on mining stocks and I just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really, you could do really, really well or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly. The mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very, very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks. Don't be overly confident and just do your work as best you can. Do your very best, but don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited, and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents, but it requires commitment. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on MiningStockEducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.